Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. With Joey Christopoulos. It's the Movie Pod series. We got a great episode coming up, but in 30 seconds, we got to talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports betting this season, every season, and any season. The latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to BetOnline.ag right now to join. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code Believe B L E A V to receive that reward. BetOnline where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod it's a 1994 action movie the movie pod series continues so let's bring in our panel for today our first guest is a returning guest so get your ass behind the yellow line because this returning guest is big round harry cojones you might have had blinders onto the world before but now he's got your attention that's our scumbag it's dan sanders joyce what's up dan Ah, the mystery guest has signed in, and I'm ready to blow up some stuff. <laughs> and what would be a, what would be a movie pod without our other half, our other half, our better half of the panel? And look, this guy uses C4, a different trigger every time, and now he throws in this podcast. He's an encyclopedia of movie pods, so get ready because you're about to be held for the next hour or so by the whims of a madman. It's Jeff Meacham. Bob Quiz, asshole. <laughs> What do you do? You shoot the hostage. Obvi. Go on. <laughs> Give this man a medal. That's right. It's the 1994 film Speed, a film that was released June 10th, 1994. Had an opening weekend haul, a surprising haul, which we'll get into, a 14.5 million movie was made for $28 million. It went on to make $350.4 million domestic. A movie that was elevator pitched as Die Hard on a Bus. 1994 was a huge year of movies. And uh, we've done this on previous movies before. This is how I want to open it up. Guys, how do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Did you see it in a theater? Was it on VHS? Dan, when was the first time you saw Speed? Um, so I was trying to remember, and I'll be honest, I can't quite remember the first time I saw it. But I know I saw it in 94. I know I, I'm, I'm pretty positive I saw it with my dad in the theaters that summer. Um, I spent I spent summers down in Florida with my dad, uh, but I do know I remember very vividly getting this on VHS as a Christmas gift later that year. Oh, very this rad! Was, this was this was definitely an owned VHS in the uh, in in the Sanders Joyce collection growing up as a kid. Remember the VHS tapes? We used to have these really like hyperbolic movie, uh, movie critic quotes on the back. Yeah. So this one on the back must have been like pulse pounding, bare knuckle, a terrifying thrill ride. ride that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopper yeah. is magnificent. Jeff, uh, first time that you saw Speed, do you remember? Man, I'm really trying. You know, it's funny, Dan and I, we discussed this more and more, but you know, you and I just then lived the opposite life because I left Florida and would go to Connecticut during the summer at yeah. this point to go be with my dad. So I'm definitely at my dad's house at this point. I'm 15 years old. I'm still a virgin for sure. Uh, but I'm thinking about the ladies all the time. So I'm living that world between it's all I think about, but action films as well. Cause I'm looking at that year. I'm just going to get real deep about where I was in my life at that point. You know what I mean? Dude. I'm still working at the summer camp, but all I'm thinking about is just like, I am a teenage boy really on the rise here, but yet still, I'm still kind of a kid. So, you know, what have I definitely gone to see the crow when it came out earlier that year, widow's peak, Beverly Hills cup three, uh, the cowboy way. Does anybody remember the cowboy way? 
Dude, Woody Harrelson, um, Kiefer yes. Sutherland, go to the big city on horses. And, and speaking, speaking of Woody, and we'll get into this later, but Woody was up for Jack uh, Jack in, in speed. Oh, as was Wesley Snipes off of the the power of white men can't jump, and they had just uh, they were filming Money Train at the time. So and you can't Demol- do bus, can't do bus and train. You can't and jump. And, train. and Demolition Man, which is where they got Sandy Bullock from. It's so good. Be, yeah. It's really the height of, I mean, you know how I feel about early to mid nineties at this point, this is when blown away came out. Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. you know, uh, every movie that I was looking at from the summer, Wyatt Earp came out, obviously the mega hit for it. Remember the shadow with Alec Baldwin, yes. that was, you know, uh, in true lies, which maybe was one of, is not my favorite Schwarzenegger speaking, film. Speaking not Alec, but do you know who was the lead candidate for Jack before Keanu? No, Alec Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. Oh, yeah, there was a Stephen Baldwin and also an early iteration that had Jeff Bridges possibly attached uh, to this as well, uh, as we also know, did Blown Away that year instead. And Jeff, uh, you'll also like to know, I don't know if you know this, your man turned down Jack as well. Tommy did? Tommy Cruz turned down Jack. It's. I would really love to, it, uh, one of the best parts of someday sitting down with him is to ask him about all the things he turned down, because it turned must down. be staggering, mm-hmm. right? Like all nobody the, the, not famous all the without things, all those things he turned down, dot dot dot. So you did interview with the vampire instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's this year, isn't it? That that's is this year, year, baby. That's this year. So uh so so real quick, since we're into it, um the top grossing movies in nineteen ninety-four. I just wanted to do that one first to start off with. The top domestic grossing movies of nineteen ninety-four. Number one, Lion King, two Forrest Gump, three true lies, four the Santa Claus, five the Flintstones. Doesn't what? stand the test of time. Obviously, probably a big weekend. Everyone was excited to see it. Six, Clear and Present Danger. Number seven, Speed. Eight, The Mask. Nine, Mrs. Doubtfire. Ten, Interview with the Vampire. Eleven, Maverick. So it's a pretty heavy year in 1994. And I think what made this movie, what we'll get into it is this. This movie is amazing, right? But there was a lot of talk back and forth about when it was going to come out because True Lies was coming out that summer. Do you want to do it when it comes out, after, or before? They decided on doing it before, and I think this is why it turned into a strange surprise action hit that no one really saw coming, even though as we see the movie, we all know that it's incredible. Because in the movies that released in June, uh, June 3rd, Cowboy Way, Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito, that yep. weekend after was Speed and Police Academy Mission Moscow, not a lot of competition there, with City <laughs> Slickers 2. The week after that is Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Remember Wolf with James Spader and Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Michelle taking a piss in the like- bathroom? Yes. <laughs> Loved that movie. Super weird movie. The week after that, Shazam with Sinbad, getting even with Dad at the Macaulay Culkin. And then the weekend after that was The Lion King and The Wyatt right? So that had two full weeks of speed to pick up speed, if you will, <laughs> and actually dominate at the box office the rest of that summer. So that it's sense. that perfect placement. Dan, hop in. I was just going to say they did a bunch of who, – what's the studio behind speed? I forget. 20th Brothers, I think. Warner? Hold on. Oh, who, whoever made it. Um they uh it, it's because of how it tested in in the in the what are those things called um well, 20th century groups. box focus yeah, yeah. test screenings yeah it, it went through the i mean it tested through the roof because this you're right joey was supposed to have an august release and mm-hmm. they bumped it up to june 
because of how crazy good it was and because of the true lies thing that you're Yeah, they said something. I just randomly read something that said they knew they had a hit when somebody at the test screening had to go to the bathroom and, and they, they walked, walked out backwards. backwards. Do you, you read that? <laughs> yeah, because they were still watching that is, it. Like, that's okay. a great marker. And so that was kind of my thing. When I first saw this movie, um, you know, I like to kind of famously say that, like, you know, I had seen bits and pieces of action movies, but by 1994, I'm about 10 or 11 years old at this time. This is probably the first time I'm really starting to kind of lock into every single step of the movie and i like to kind of famously say that like bad boys kind of like was my formative action movie but now i yeah. think about it i think it was speed man because i don't know about you guys like when you sit in a movie theater and that score starts kicking in those opening credits with that score and you don't even really kind of know what you're looking at when you're 10 11 years old you're going down an elevator shaft yes. it's the most Can we talk about that too boring yeah it's the most boring you know we'll get into the director Jan Deban, who's a former cinematographer but like what the hell are we even watching but it's the music that you care about yeah the shot is so boring but the din, 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 and which kind of pulls a little bit off of Terminator Two. Just yeah, I was gonna say it had the, the had the metal sound, the ching ching a little bit. And, and, and Mark Mancia also does Bad Boys too. So like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? The, the, little, the, the, little, the little Easter eggs that they plant throughout this movie is homages to other great action films, like the French Connection jump uh, when when Jeff Daniels and Keanu come up over that hill. <laughs> Only way, only way to, to drive onto that. the scene. Only way to drive onto the scene. But yeah, I just kind of my point is it's one of those we talk all the time about, you know, how do you hook someone in early? And and for me personally as a kid, I don't know, that score yeah. and just a descending shot oh. going down an elevator shaft. I was hooked within the first 30 seconds, and I think a lot of people on that test screening probably felt that same way. Yeah, descending shot, and then immediately Hopper throws a fucking screwdriver into dude's ear. Like it just and from there, does not stop. The movie goes, dude gets a screwdriver straight to the dome, and then the movie just runs away. Yeah. No, it's yeah. pretty incredible. Directed by Jan DeBont. Really interesting guy. Incredible resume, but his resume is incredibly short. This guy was known for uh, as a cinematographer. He was the cinematographer on Die Hard. So when you do Die Hard on a bus, he seems like a natural selection to become the director of this film. Also the cinematographer on Hunt for Red October and Basic Instinct. What? So he's got that. He's got that one shot going for him, which is great. Good for him. Uh, but his but his directing. <laughs> here's how I want to shoot it. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, what I'm so thinking is we see her, her thing. You know, we see it. It's there. I, I, I Just see it. split second. And I will shoot it with this lens, this lens right here. But his, <laughs> but his directing resume is honestly incredibly small. He has directed Speed, Twister, a very famous movie pod here on the movie pod series. Speed 2, The Haunting, the first Tomb Raider, and that's, that's it. it. I mean, right? they got him, and then he's kind of done. It's one of those interesting, like, 90s burners if you will and all in, yeah just all in a short period of time too like even laura craft came four years later after the haunting but and if it's any point we could talk about speed too in this which i did not watch yet but just the reminder of maybe cruise, the cruise control cruise control, <laughs> cruise control? Um, i uh, mean the, the 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 definition of cash grab speed to oh, cash grab uh oh. yeah, dan hop in what were you saying well, uh, did Jan go back to cinematography after directing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm sure he did some sort of work along the lines, but I mean, I mean, his directorial career, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Speed 2 literally kind of derailed anything. They did give him another shot with a horror movie, which is kind of like, 
which is directorial jail we'll go do a horror movie and then he gets a shot at tomb raider which i thought did well right they made sequel of those sequels of those you guys and i then, don't think so no you, got, you, this is weird this is weird i mean this man did weird. massive films and then just stopped well and it also whenever you guys want to do it i mean keanu reeves and sandra bullock i mean this launches their careers i know we want to talk about keanu reeves and point break which he's incredible in he also releases Bogus Journey the same year, which didn't do very Whoa. well at the box office. But after this, I mean, let's just do Keanu Reeves real quick. I mean, he does Bogus Journey. And then after Speed, uh, or no, I'm sorry, he does uh, My Private Idaho, Dracula, Much Ado About Nothing after Point Break, right? So he tries to kind of versatilize himself, just to touch well, and get away from so action hero, dude, bohemian type guy. And then he shaves his head and does speed in 94 and it totally changes his career. So, so a couple of things just based on that, that I, that I recently read and didn't know, um, Jan actually convinced Keanu to shave his head because he wanted the world to start seeing Keanu as an adult actor. Um, and Keanu from my private Idaho, uh, river died during, during shooting of, of speed. Oh, um, and they adjusted everything. Him and him and River were super close, apparently. And as legend has it, when he wasn't shooting, when he was in his, he would just sit in his trailer and read Hamlet the whole time. Like that was, he was super quiet on set, didn't really do anything. He would, he would be there to shoot. But then the second that they yelled cut, he would go off. He would, he would, he talked about how like, horribly sad it was and how he would just like break down and just into heaving sobs while while he weeped <clears throat> well and it's it's an interesting choice right i mean I, you know you, you just shave your head it sounds so simple so straightforward right but it completely presents him in this whole different way and there is a maturing aspect and there is a story that the hollywood executives that be when they found out that he shaved his head threatened to stop the movie and actually wanted to maybe delay the movie until he grew his hair back because of a look factor that no one could do. But Jeff, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was a really cool move. It showed him in a totally different way. I bought it immediately and I had no Bill and Ted in my head. Right. Even in point break, right? There's still a little like there's still a little Bill and Ted in there. Just I would touch. say I would say more than that. Like I think they that was the perfect casting. It was the perfect move. He's the surfer dude. You know, he's the young cop and 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 we all love Point Break more than anything, but there is still a a farce quality to it. Maybe it is that the comedians that created the show off of that. What what's that group that they, you know, where you could remember that where you could go to the show and Point all break the other on. Yeah, yeah, Point Break Live. <laughs> What's that name? I can't remember. It's, um, it's live. It's it's happening. But... Uh, it's like they're there. Um, <laughs> you know, and we love that movie, and it's so quotable. And I mean, I, 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 at the moment, I couldn't even shit on Point Break because I love it so much. But yes, with speed, he, it is. I, I would equate it to. How can I not do this without Tom Cruise? That it is his Top Gun. Right. Because he becomes the action star at this point. He, You're taking him more seriously now when we all love risky business and we all love point break. But really, this is this is the beginning of I mean, look at the picture on the front, you know, like of it. It's it looks I mean, it does look exactly like Die Hard's front cover as well. It's just his badass face and a bus blowing up. He becomes a movie star. Yeah, and it opens up this really interesting conversation, and Yanda Bont is quoted as why he casted Keanu Reeves at the end of the day was that he wanted to find someone who looked vulnerable, but women thought were hot. 
at the same time. Men would not be men Nailed would not it. be scared to try and fight him, and women would run to try and bang him. That was basically <laughs> what he was trying to do. So right. it opens up this great question because we're kind of right at the apex of it. Um, Jeff, open it up first, man. I, I, it's kind of like this whole. And it's still happening right at this very moment in 1994, but there's very much a Schwarzenegger-Stallone-type presentation of an action film. And then as we kind of moving in these last five years or so, we see guys like Bruce Willis from Moonlighting and Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted moving into these action roles and creating a whole new action hero archetype. This is a tough question, but do you have a preference? Is there a preference? Do you want muscles or do you want maybe the grit, the smirk, the one-liners. I'm super torn on this. I don't think that there is a right answer, right? Because Yeah, it goes from, it's the same thing. It goes from uh, arena rock to alt rock, right? It goes from, it's the same. Yeah, hair bands to grunge, right? Yeah, that's such a great call. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, uh, It's hard for me to know because I am growing up right in the middle of all this. So if I'm trying to bring myself back to 1994, when yes, of course, I mean, when I went to high school, I went to performing arts high school. So I started in 93. My mother said to me, when they ask you who your favorite actors are, please do not say it's Sylvester Stallone. I remember that like it was yesterday. So I still know that a year before this, I thought Stallone was the best actor on the planet. (laughs) Like, but but the Tom Cruise, Bruce Willis, Keanu Reeves, you know, new superhero, uh, so to speak, or the action star, I'm sorry, are coming to play. And it is how I grew up. So I do prefer this better. I do. Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, when you go back and you watch those movies, and we did, man, when we went back and watched um, Cobra, like oh. that, that movie is awful. Well, I was going to I was going to I was going to interrupt real quick. I can just imagine a young Jeff in an acting class in his like early teens and it's a scene for like of mice and men and he's like going like this <laughs> like he's like you're like doing a stallone and they're like oh can we pause for a second um here's the rabbits you know you get the rabbit <laughs> and i can't get enough of the rabbit <laughs> look out yeah i just try to hug it i just want to hug the rabbit all right that's good we're gonna stop we're gonna all take five we're gonna take five. That was that was Jeff, Jeff, hang back. <laughs> Jeff, hang back for a couple of seconds. <laughs> We're just gonna talk. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I think I committed to it. I, I do. As much as I've watched all those movies nine thousand times, as much as you know, Rocky Four means everything to me. No, this this new age of action hero was uh did it for me. It, well, it, I, and and it, there's a funny evolution to it, Dan, where you know you brought up the movie Rocky, and the movie Rocky is definitely little bit less about the you know the indestructible man it's about a more about more about the man that cannot be destructed right like and he no matter what you throw at him he keeps coming and then as we see throughout the 80s schwarzenegger kind of flips that on the head and it goes whatever the conflict is you're going up against this guy so good luck and then now these bruce willis keanu reeves types dan are interesting because they are a little bit more about you know the man who cannot be destructed even though maybe he doesn't have the physical stature i mean in terms of storytelling maybe uh, maybe not the action part of it but like in terms of storytelling this isn't kind of a little bit more of an interesting way to have your action hero right yeah i mean it makes him relatable right like the thing about schwarzenegger is nobody nobody can ever be as big or badder than than schwarzenegger than dolph lundgren then you know what i mean like those those guys were untouchable they were they were beyond human and with a bruce willis with a keanu reeves you get the humanity we get like you said guys that uh, a guy that 
other guys wouldn't be afraid to pick a fight with or get into a fight with and a guy but that could hold his own and a guy that girls want to run to bang you know what i mean um which that you just get a more you just get a, a, a better story from from that you get the ability to have him connect with other people a little bit easier just yeah and what's so interesting about that too is like uh jeff when you think about it when you got a movie like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, a lot of times in those movies, they end up doing the thing or like Seagal and Under Siege, right? If Seagal and Under Siege, they have to do the whole scene where they go, well, he was a five-star general. And they, they give out his resume to sort of like mythologize him. And you see it in Demolition Man. You know what I mean? Like they I mean, always if, get that, this if that isn't one of the best, one of the, those moments are always my favorite in the films where you got to get the exposition. Right. Under Siege does it so well when uh, when what's his Gary Busey's got to be like, well, he wasn't just a cook. And he comes out and <laughs> all the things he did. Oh, the best. But go ahead. Yeah. Ryback. No, but but I, it's interesting, though, because you would think the Keanu Reeves type character in a movie like Speed would need that. Yeah. We need that backstory where you actually don't really get it at all. No. And maybe that's a part of maybe that's part of what Jan DeBont does because you know, let's start getting into the movie a little bit and you know, we'll get into Sandra Bullock and Dennis Hopper because th this movie's basically broken into three acts, right? The second act is incredibly long. It is the bus. But act 1 is an incredibly interesting cold open. You know, Dan, yeah. you kind of alluded to it. You got the screwdriver to the ear. Something's going wrong. The elevator breaks. They're hanging in the balance, and then all of a sudden, Keanu Reeves' car comes flying over the hill. <laughs> San Francisco, the rock I was going to say, it was, must have been in San Fran. Where is that in downtown? I mean, I mean I'm fucking Bunker Hill. Is that where they Where I mean. I mean, yeah, Jeff, oh, is that oh. one of your favorite action movie tropes? The car that flies 25 feet in the air to the scene of the crime. God, oh. I wish we could all do it right now and think of some more because I can't. But they all did it, didn't they? They all did it, man, where they skid in. I know Cruz. I know uh, uh, Cruz. I always go back to Tom Cruise. I know, again, in Cobra, he does it. Remember the way he pulls into the grocery store and, you know, out comes this chink of his boot chink, as he steps out. So they all... <laughs> French connection started that. I mean, that, that chase in French connection is still one of the greatest car chases that I've ever seen before in my life. And they shot that in 1972 or something like that. Yeah. In Chicago uh, live without with the, the, the streets weren't closed down. That's insane. Yeah. I believe that's, it's, that's, that's William Friedkin one. Yeah. That's William Friedkin. And he's basically uh, trying to do it on the sly and shoot it in normal traffic. That was in. That's insane. I did not yeah. know that. That's bullet. Insane. Bullet also came out around that time too, didn't it? Didn't it? Bullet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Super. The, those were super close together. They, they had yeah. like a little car car run like in the seventies. Yeah. If you haven't uh, seen that one in a while, Dan, the car chase in that sequence yeah. is pretty, and that's yeah. all real too. That's yeah. You know. Um. So yeah. So we get in there, and uh. So there's a bomb. The SWAT team comes in, cool uniforms, guys, first of all. And honestly, yeah. like, their utility belt is just, like, fucking screwdrivers and, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing really cool. Yeah, what is that? The neck thing that, like, clips into here to get up to the, the, the like, I, I I love that. For I don't know why. But it it hears, the vocals, it hears better from the from the throat. <laughs> from the, gets closer to the larynx. But it yeah, looks so cool. It looks so cool, and you can whisper. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves' first line is such a great action one-liner where we've got Guy X standing there, and the line is, anything else that will keep this elevator from falling? Yeah, the basement. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the movie, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we and will be off. touching on Joe Morton, by the way, another hero of the 90s. 
uh, another you fantastic, know, fifth fantastic run. Uh, but no, I just think that the cold open is really interesting. You know, they have to problem solve, right? Like you get a little bit of an idea of like the buddy cop between Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is head first at all time. Well, Jeff Daniels is telling him to wait, 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 step mm-hmm. on back, step on back. Um, I just think it's a really great opener. And uh, let me see what else I got for that one. He's Goose, right? He's Goose. I mean, all I'm doing is Tom Cruise today. But isn't he Goose in this movie? He's the sidekick. He's got a little bit of the funny. He gets drunk. He gets shot, right? And then he ends up getting killed. Like, he's got to be Goose. Yeah, no, he hangs with the boys. And then he's the one that he's the only one that seems to have a wife, right? That has to go home. He's the only one that's got the wife. I'm so sorry. Did you guys know that Speed has two Academy Awards? What? For sound mixing sound and best effects but speed has two oscars and it was nominated for a third whoa best supporting actor (laughs) dennis hopper hawthorne hawthorne james (laughs) so act one does give us a great glimpse a great glimpse of uh of dennis hopper and he has almost too many one-liners to count in this movie but dan come on one of the best movie villain lines of all time. Don't fuck with daddy. Don't fuck with daddy. Don't fuck with daddy. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite Dennis Hopper line in this movie. Also, I want to say this is this was my introduction to Hopper. Sure. I was 11 years old when this movie came out. I hadn't seen Easy Rider or anything that Hop. This mm-hmm. was my introduction to Hopper. Um, and so I, I, I mean, like he is, he is the bad guy in my head like he is the super villain in my head because also at 11 years old I hadn't really seen a lot of movies like speed like act with mm-hmm. action like this with this many f-bombs like that's why I love this movie so much when I was a kid because of the, the amount of times they said fuck and my dad was like yeah you could watch this um but yeah we didn't ha- I didn't I wasn't exposed to that many movies that had big, huge supervillains like Hopper, who was really just doing it maniacally, not not for really any real reason, you know? Um, and I never really seen anything like that. So yeah, anyway, that's my introduction to Hopper. And I agree, Joey, don't fuck with daddy, especially at a time when like daddy wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today. Um, like to, to say, don't fuck with dad, just, you know, and you know that he fucking riffed that, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the Joss Whedon uh, uh, pass on this on this script. That was Dennis Hopper saying that. Uh, on no, a he he relishes this performance. I'm right there with you, Dan. Uh, where well, you say fuck, I say oh darn. But um, <laughs> but oh darn, but, oh, darn. that oh, darn. is an amazing moment. I mean, Alan <laughs> Ruck has got some of the another one another Twister alum. You know, and, well, because it's Yonda, it's Yonda Bond. He oh, literally right. he's pulling well, people between both movies, as we as Josh, we learn of. Patrick Fischler is also another guy that is in both movies. Yeah, um, and and Joss Whedon actually changed. I just I just realized Alan Ruck's role originally it was written as a like a angry lawyer or pissed off lawyer type guy, aggressive lawyer, and then when Whedon did the rewrite on it, we that he didn't get credited for. Uh, he changed he changed Ruck into a, a bumbling tourist. Which is great. Uh, and it fit, yeah, it fits his character and it adds a little bit more of a lightness to it because yeah, he he's really kind of bordering. He's definitely a douchebag, but he's bordering on being kind of an asshole, right? But and he this never, is a huge he never gets run. There. 
huge run for Dennis Hopper, guys. I'm just looking at the IMDb right now. I mean, the 90s is he becomes this character. It's like, you know, you know when that yeah, happened? It, the- and Jeff, Jeff, what, what, so yeah, what is your, just start from the beginning, what is your, what was your exposure to Hopper? Because it is funny, I'm, I'm right there with Dan. I had to reverse engineer my appreciation for him because, you know, my first exposure with him was in Speed. He's in Super Mario right around this time, and then he does Waterworld after that. Yeah, I and think I don't, I don't see the... some of the great ones for years later, right? Because I'm just too young. No, like I... God, no, none of us did. We didn't see Easy Rider till we were in high school or college when someone yeah. said, like, you got to watch. Let's get stoned and watch Easy Rider. Yeah, or whatever. You know, so for me, I think my first introduction to him, if I'm guessing, is is probably True Romance, you know, just because I love that movie so much. And I'm 14 when that comes out. And Oh, that eggplant speech with him and walking is the oh. fucking, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, Tarantino script, by the way. Tarantino wrote that yeah, script. Yeah. You know, that's a Ta- that's a Tarantino. Movie. Tarantino also offered to direct this movie and turned it this down. Movie. Turned it down before the Whedon before the Whedon change, the Joss Whedon change. Wow. Um, this movie was this was Die Hard on a bus, right? I mean, it literally. So after Die Hard comes out, this type of movie is being specked and passed around town, and people are deal. passing on it because they're like, "Eh, this is so derivative." And then when you kind of get into, and honestly, I think it probably worked out for the best, right? I think Yonda Bond actually is probably the perfect director for this movie because it, it takes no, there's no lapses. There's no dalliances. It's just honestly just tracking shots and just action all the way through. And then Josh right. Whedon's dialogue kind of brings it to life a little bit more and makes it a lot more fun. Because Can that's I the funny insult- thing is, yeah, go for it. Can I insult him in a way then? Because I mean, obviously Joss Whedon, you know, incredible, but I have never seen a movie where at least going back again, I haven't seen all these movies in so long, but a movie where structurally I have never seen a more perfect movie. Like I thought storytelling wise, this movie was a 10 on every single level, but it's just that early mid nineties dialogue and going into the eighties dialogue that is just atrocious. Like some of it was just hence why i think even more so sandra bullock stood out because she was so good with all of her dialogue but some of the worst dialogue i mean just yeah no last time i last time i partied like that i woke up married okay i'll see you guys (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly yeah no i mean and honestly uh and that's what's so funny about it i was trying to do this thing of like pick out your favorite one-liners in the movie right and honestly um, Dennis Hopper's got some great one-liners in it, mm-hmm. and and a lot of the things you know, pop quiz, hot shot, and stuff. A lot of it's coming from Dennis Hopper. Shoot the hostage. That's a great one. But yep. a lot of them really are kind of reaction. They're twofers, right? They're line deliveries. Here, I'll and give you a perfect reaction one. responses. Yeah. Yep. Did you have any luck with the bomb? Yeah, it didn't go off. It didn't go you off. You know, like <laughs> those are you are so right, Joey. They are more than the one-liners. They are the the twofers. You get a lot. Yeah. Of why, why are you taking the Why are you taking the bus? Oh, I, I lost my license for what? Speeding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you know, obviously they. Say Save the day. Dennis Hopper gets away. They get a big medal. They all go out and party. Really fun. I do love ensemble cop parties. Oh, uh, yeah. The victory parties where the wives get to show up. Retirement. It's either retirement. Someone died. Pops. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, make a silly joke about shooting somebody. Um, and then they get really drunk and serious. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the best when they get a little it too It always drunk? ends. The night always ends where someone's just like, I'm fucking no man. <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> Oh, no, you gotta listen to me. Jeff Daniels gets all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. One Never of these listen. days, yeah, your your clock's gonna run out, man. It's just gonna run out. Um, and then it, it switch over to what we're gonna call Act Two, which is getting on 
the bus. Um, first of all, Santa Monica, 90s Santa Monica looks actually quite lovely. Oh, well, can I, can I just, I want to point of point of contention here. First, I love this movie, but I am going to talk a little bit of shit here and there. I loved how they attempted to make Venice seem like, you know, fucking Topeka, Kansas, where everybody knows Keanu knows a bus driver. Yep. Andy Bullock knows the fucking bus driver. Never. They know the coffee. They know the coffee. Burrito. Small right. town. Small town, yeah. Wyoming. Everybody, no. yeah, exactly. Everybody's just, oh, Bill, what's up? How's mom? Yeah. <laughs> you keep eating those brand muffins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, and this is this is where the 90s comes in, right? The initial setup of Dennis Hopper somehow in the span of weeks rigs two bombs. Yeah. One to a bus that he knows is Keanu Reeves' friend, his yeah. bus buddy friend. Oh, I'm going to yeah. get the bus buddy. Yeah. And then somehow also times it up with a payphone to make a payphone oh. call that amidst breaking glass and an exploding bus, Keanu hears and goes, Jesus Christ, this is so annoying. I'm just going to pick it up so that the ringing stops. We can we can start this earlier. Uh, the, in, the, in the elevators, they're on the 32nd floor when uh they they leave to go up to the roof and daniels goes we're not going to shoot the we're not going to shoot them are we when they're talking about the hostages they get mm -hmm. up 20 more floors up onto the roof and the next thing that is said is no we're going to take them out of the equation like we're supposed to keep 20 floors of co without <laughs> any conversation and keep that thread yeah. come on this is going to have the tw this will have the 24 the show 24 uh problem as well and a little bit of this is time and distance and and yeah. speed which we'll yeah. get a little bit. Yeah, keep going, Joey. Uh well, the other 90s one that I did want to point out really quick and this kind of drives me wild every time and it drove me wild in a different way in the 90s is uh towards the very end of act 1 when they're ushering all the people off the elevator, Yonder Bont and a bunch of producers sit around and they go I want to get a shot of this woman's ass. I knew you were going to say elevator. it. I fucking knew you were going to say it because I rewound it, paused it, and held it just to make sure I was right that that was a full woman's ass in the 90s. Like, that would never work today. Wouldn't fly today. They definitely talked about it. I'm sure they shot it a different way, and they said, you know what? What if we just throw her ass into it? Just kind of shows it. It, was an accident. A little bit. it must have been an accident sliding out of the elevator. She's coming at an angle at a 45. We caught her dress. It shoots up. And Jan just sitting there with his team being like, y'all, we should keep that shot. Y'all. I mm -hmm. think she's sexy. I think it's sexy. No, she's beautiful. Oh, right. Let's not lie. It's beautiful. It's just an air of like, um, oh, are these guys going to take chances? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the 90s. Like, you know, how we talk about the four quadrants now or whatever, like in terms of movie making, like that was one of them. Just like some sort of weird skin of some kind does yep. not age very well and just kind of gives you a glimpse a little bit into, I just think like the male Hollywood of the, Absolutely. Of the early but, but I really do believe it was totally by accident. Like, I don't think they said like, let's try to get it so her, her skirt flies up. Like, I think they got that shot. And then in post, they were like, well, let's keep that one. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Does great look at that. She's beautiful. We can keep the one with the guy's hairy calf uh sneaking up or yeah. What about that other actor that's been in a million movies? I was in Mad Men. That's just the guy that pressed the button. He's like, What button did you press? That yeah, guy? so that's uh that's Patrick Fischler. Okay. Who uh who rips off in the nineties. He rips off speed. The <laughs> shadow rips off. He rips off their phone was off the hook. He was in the shadow, <laughs> he was in Twister, he was in Mulholland Drive, and he was in old school. All oh, in the span shit. of about 10 years. It's pretty incredible. It.
Phones was off the hook at his agency. Oh yeah, he WME was uh, pumped. He plays, he plays Pivens like like Lackey, right? They're yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. don't turn around. Don't turn around for him. And so, um, <laughs> as, as we hop onto the bus, that's what he has to get to the twenty twenty five bus pop quiz hot shop. There's a bomb on the bus. If it goes over fifty, the bomb is armed. If it goes under fifty, it will explode. What do you do? What do you do? I'd ask what which bus do? it was. Great little action moment. You? Great little moment that's overlooked is when he's on the on the cell phone. <laughs> that's there's when he's on the phone, a payphone. He Hopper tells him what street it's on, but then he throws the phone down before he says the cross street. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't for, help but let that bother me. Except for he knows. I, I I thought that same thing too, Jeff. But he knows what line it is. Okay. He knows, and so he knows the so, route. Now here's now. We're not there yet, but I do need to. He knows that route so well, but nobody in the entire Los Angeles Police Department knows that the 105 hasn't been fucking finished being constructed yet. Oh, one of my biggest losers is maps. And I do want us to try to figure out at some point, can we figure out the exact route that they went? Because we know the 105 connected back to the to uh so we know we we went santa monica to downtown downtown 105 105 to the airport is oh, that what no, because yeah they come no, back is my in my opinion they've got to get there on the, that interchange is the 405 to the 105 so some point uh, they got to get on the 405 right but that's not right right but that's not very far at that point so i'm thinking 110 yeah. 105 oh, yeah so they're on the 2025. In my opinion, they're in Santa Monica at Ocean Park in Maine, which is basically where Stella Barra used to work at that restaurant. It's basically right there. And then they get on the highway. Great cookies. They can, great cookies at Stella Barra. Great. Amazing cookies. Good call. Go. Uh, so in my opinion, they can't get on the highway heading towards LAX. I think they're going the other way. And I think they have to turn around because they, they get end to up at LAX. Well, then they get to Western, though. They got to get to Western somehow. That's what I mean. So they yeah. had, they, like, yeah, they head up, they get off they at Western, somehow drive over 50 miles an hour on Western, which is 1994, I guess. Well, and if and you're looking at Western, way back. if you're looking at Western, they're in Long Beach, they're on, they're on Wilshire. Like, oh, sure. Western is very, is very loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, so that's, so I'm thinking downtown 110, let's get on this newly constructed 105, which we're just going to assume in the nineties, wasn't a full highway yet. Maybe it was something different, and then yes, absolutely, they get on the uh, the uh, oh, which which don't forget here in L.A. Last time we had Carmageddon when they shut down the 405 for two days. This is just an entire freeway that's got no one on it. Yeah, and uh, and a gap, <laughs> and a gap. This right. way, I can just relax my whole way to work, no <laughs> problems whatsoever. Yeah. So okay, so the bus 2025, uh, 2525, and to be very fair, I think. The getting on the bus is perhaps one of the most entertaining aspects of the movie because it contains a little bit of a comedy. It yep. contains a lot of different, you know, action sequence machination. Uh, you have to, you know, you've got him on the side trying to do it. You've got him on the front trying to do it, and then he breaks off the side of the door and finally goes in. Great performance by Glenn Plummer, by the way. Um, Maybe the best side character in this movie. Honestly, yeah, yeah that'll be a hot topic. Side we're gonna character. do we're gonna do side characters, right? But isn't that one of like the best roles you could possibly oh, ask dude. for? You just kind of pop in for a little bit and you do a little comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, get on the bus. Yeah, I think that's a great take that's the great phone. <laughs> yeah, that's when he does that. Take the phone. That's right. <laughs> and so um, we get so finally we get Keanu, on the bus. Keanu oh, go for it. That. Keanu did that stunt, by the way. Uh the one that made it into the movie was not Reeves. But but uh, Jan de Bont convinced Keanu to do the jumping from the Jaguar onto the moving bus. Well, 
Oh God, his quads. That's all I thought about. You're just slamming. You're just slamming your quads. Well, and then the feet hit the ground too. Oh yeah, the feet hit the ground. The, the from the knees. The that's that's a couple ACLs ripped right. Wow, out. Just blown up. Yeah. Yeah, you see both from the knee down. You see both legs get whipped on the ground. No, 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 no. Something's torn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the while, uh, Dan, acting dojo question. Dan's dojo. Yeah, Dan's um, dojo. Chewing fake gum as an emotive in a scene. Are you pro or are you con? Con, typically. Although I will say. It's good Keanu's, in this one, though. Ke- Keanu's gum chewing, especially in the elevator part of this movie, is actually pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I, yeah, that's all I'll say about that is I typically am not a gum, I'm not into gum chewing, but I think, I think Keanu's objectively bad in two thirds of this movie. <laughs> um, but in the first third of this movie, the elevator, and, and I, now that I know that the river thing happened, I think. He shot that he shot that elevator stuff before River. And then we see a marketed difference in his performance from the elevator stuff to the to, to Interesting. scenes two and th- acts two and three. And I think a lot of it had to do with River's perform River's death, but um Keanu's not good in this. <laughs> I'm great in the action stuff, but anytime he's got to have any sort of like moment with Sandy. It's it's bad. It's bad, and he gets outshone by Sandy on every single line. Yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. It's hard to know, man. It's really hard to know just how bad of an actor he was because we love him so much for being Keanu Reeves. He is the enigma of this business, you know. Well, let me like, tell you, he he's gotten much better. I sure. Mean, like over the years, learning the craft a little bit. But my God, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's do so my god <laughs> uh well let's do it man look you're kind of bringing up you're bringing up a really interesting point and it's time we talk about sandy b time to talk about sandra bullock at this it's point in, in the movie um she's on the bus she's about to take over driving the bus and you're right man she does have these great line readings and a couple of his responses are kind of along the lines of like Gah? yeah <laughs> Whoa. So when, when she goes annie and he goes huh <laughs> my name instead of ma'am and then he just like stares at her he doesn't give any sort of like oh cool there's something happening here it's just a <laughs> hey what's the uh side note to our side note here what's the undertone slightly racist comment that they call the large man that I oh, caught this gargant- as a- gargantor, Gig- gargant- gigantor, gigantor, twice to that man, and then some, and then the other guy called him that too when he was mad. And at- he goes when he they- goes Ortiz. <laughs> well, when they tried to create the intense sequence, remember that where that's the worst writing in this whole movie. When there's that moment where you know that the writer and oh. director said, "Ooh, we need that," where everybody's getting a little hostile Mel- meltdown. Yeah, thank you. The meltdown. That meltdown sequence was awful. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, there's a really bad performance on the bus. It's the guy with the earring and the the '90s ish hair. Correct. Oh, and he's the guy awesome. who's like, "Oh, well, come on, man! Just because I don't have kids doesn't mean you know." And it's mean, it's almost like it's overdubbed because they because it's so bad. Yes. You mean the guy the guy that is obviously representative of an actor in Los Angeles? Like he's the struggling actor on the bus going to an audition <laughs> in Santa Monica. Is that who he is? Is that <laughs> who he is? Yeah, I couldn't help that. Just only as an adult, but I never would have caught guy Gigantor or whatever. But now, but they're just like when he calls him, "Hey, got Gigantor," and he's like, I have, "I'm a human being." 
is what he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My name's Ortiz. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he's honestly, he's doing laps around a lot of different actors in that movie, especially. Oh, too. yeah. Um, especially the guy who's, you know, I'm not here for your crime, man. Like, give me a number! <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's, all right. The way you did and, that. <laughs> and I'll add on the woman, too, the woman who dies, who gets killed. It's like as if her yelling was only it, okay. a VO so, actress. But- <laughs> And she just has one tone. <laughs> Why are we here? I know. I need to be what? doing a better job. Before we do Sandra Bullock, we have to talk about fucking Beth Grant. Okay. So Beth Grant. So bless her heart. I'm going to try and say this in the most nice complimentary way I, as possible. She has made a fantastic, wonderful, long career of playing characters that the audience just wants to yell at her. Will you please shut the fuck up? Yeah. Will you just shut the fuck up, please? Please. Here's what she's done. She was in Donnie Darko. She's in Rain Man, Flatliners, Child's Play 2, Speed, City Slickers 2, Two Wong wow. Fu, A Time to Kill, Pearl Harbor, The Rookie, Matchstick Men, Little Miss Sunshine, No Country for Old Men. In almost every single one of the movies, she is nagging, complaining, and wishing the people that were in the movie weren't the way they were. Wow. And, and in this movie specifically, I'm sorry, but the fact that she dies ups their chances of success by like 45%. I do not think that if she is and lives. Can you imagine every single, every single story on the planet needs one of those characters? Yeah. She just, she was like, oh, I'll do that. And she got to be in those fucking movies. Yeah. Good for her. She's so good at it. She's, she's the, the best wet blanket. I, I, I think that you (laughs) could possibly have in a movie. But every movie, she's just complaining all the time. And she's just so incredible at it. I mean, hats off to her. But I every can't time be I... here, Annie. I can't be here. Yeah, her, yeah, her role in Donnie Darko of like, you got to repent, please. Yeah. You just you just want to just be like, oh, God, please. Just, just and they kill her perfectly. Her. So they did it. They knew. They kill her perfectly. They fucking ran her over. They blew her up and ran her over. And ran her over, too, as well. Yes. And you know, oh. right behind when it did a little thump, 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 thump. You know, Which I believe a- led to uh, Dennis Hopper great movie line of uh, interactive television, Jack. Wave of the future. <laughs> You're like, whoa, that laugh. There's like four more ha's in a normal yes. laugh that he has in there. Yes. Uh, but anyways, back to Sandra Bullock. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Um, here I want to present it two different ways. Um, Sandra Bullock in the '90s. This is what she rips off. She starts with Demolition Man. Does speed. This rips off basically, uh, uh, she becomes the leading lady of the 90s. Rips off the net while you're sleeping. Does a little uh, side character in A Time to Kill, but also leads in Speed 2 and Hope Floats. And obviously continues on into the 2000s with an incredible career. Um, I just kind of want to get your guys' perspective on what makes Sandra Bullock such a huge, bright, shining star. And I also want to throw in there too, is Julia Roberts wildly overrated? Because honestly, when you start to look at it, and you're like, oh, wow, who's, who's block is Sandra Bullock suddenly on? She's completely kind of on Julia Roberts' Pelican Brief. You know what I'm saying? And Bullock kind of laps her, in my opinion, with charisma. And I'm kind of curious to think, who's the better actress? Is it Julia Roberts or is it Sandra Bullock? Because it almost starts to feel like that Julia Roberts is kind of overrated. Can I throw in a third one? But that is a huge statement you just said right there. Yeah, a huge. I was, I've been I, thinking about it. This is not off the top of my head. I was thinking about it while I was watching the movie. Because I'll i st- let me just start with this because, Dan, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. 
Uh, I'm going to add a third person into that mix and tell me if I'm wrong. And that third person is Nicole Kidman because she's on the same exact trajectory at this time. Yeah, at this exact time, mm-hmm. she's on. She she I think eighty. I believe 1989 was the dead calm, and then she gets cast in a uh, uh, um, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Thank you. And yeah. then her career exploded. And that's 1990. So the three of them. Tell me if I'm, we're even close to the, another actress in there is bigger than those three actors of the. Well, I, I do think you still have like th- I guess in this category because you this do category have, like, this Street. is and Dan remember I'm talking about movie stars I'm not talking about talented actresses Meryl Streep will always be the best but I'm talking about movie stars because that's yeah, what we're I mean, discussing. I, you know? Meryl Streep is definitely a movie star. We're not saying that Meryl Streep isn't a movie star, are we? Well, Ooh. we're not saying that we're not saying that, but I'm just talking about specifically like this '90s era of leading movies yes. on the front on the front of the poster exactly yeah. the and, net and, meryl yeah. streep was not making the net well, like, you know it, that Mer- you know that meryl streep turned down fucking Aunt, uh uh annie really they went to meryl for this fucking movie crazy because um, as far as i'm concerned meryl streep has one action film and that's uh the river wild and that's yeah, it yeah, like yeah. everything else is but nonetheless Wow, I don't even know. I'm in shock over your statement that Julie Roberts could possibly be overrated. I don't remember her 90s. I need to go back and look at it because you are right. Nobody does it better than what Sandra Bullock did in terms of crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. She's the best at romance. She does the thrillers. She's got all the comedies. And then, boom, she wins an Academy Award, you know, 18 years and later. Every, and every movie is a movie that Julia Roberts could have been in. you telling me that she couldn't have played McConaughey's yeah, possible Roberts, love interest in A Time to Kill? Like, come on, sure, call. but Julia Roberts was doing something else at the time. Like, I, I mean, it's not like Julia Roberts was sitting around waiting for a, a, a gig. I, I, to say that Julia Roberts is overrated, I, I don't know if we can go that far. I don't I, think you can do that, far. man. She like, wins the Academy Award. Brockovich, the- Brockovich. Brockovich is incredible. Now, listen, is Sandy Bullock better than julia roberts that's a conversation that i'm willing to like embark on but am i can i say that julia roberts is overrated no no well and i and i think but my my pushback on that is i think that they go hand in hand where i think a lot of people just automatically assume that julia roberts has this incredible career and she in many ways is held to a higher esteem than a sandra bullock where i'm probably countering that sandra bullock's career is better therefore possibly making julia roberts overrated here's what i'll say to that at this point, looking back, I would, if I had to pick between their careers, I would, I would maybe pick Sandy Bullock's, but you got to think at this time, Sandy had demolition. She was always like, she was always three or four. She was not, she was not the draw until later, until the net, right? Like right. Yeah. Roberts yeah. was the draw with Pretty Woman. Julia Roberts was the draw with Notting Hill. Julia Roberts was the draw with all the, you know, she had a counterpart with her, but she was the box office draw. In the 90s, we didn't get to there with with Sandra Bullock until later in the 90s and more in the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, she's he's right in the sense that, sure, there was the great uh, uh, Sandy Bullock films with the net in from there. And now I need to go back and look for those next five years. But Miss Congeniality put her on that next next level of being action comedy star which she did yeah that's it 2000 because the action and the comedy really became this bread and butter for sandra bullock that almost nobody else could do to that degree of of talent i'm gonna go real fast just to bring in this argument so 1991 julie roberts sleeping with the enemy doesn't really get better than that in terms of then you've got dying young you got little rolling hook uh, the player, the Pelican Brief. I mean, she's in it with Denzel. 
oh, you guys, uh, something to talk about. Everyone says I love you. Nope. Then she Mary Riley. I don't even remember that. And then 1997 is my best friend's wedding. I mean, that's probably one of the best romantic comedies of the 90s, isn't it? That's that's a pretty solid one. But Mary Riley, I believe, was the uh, that's like the maid. That's a Frankenstein. Um, that's right. That was the Frankenstein yeah, one. Awful, and then 90, awful movie. 97. You, it was awful. That's right. It was awful. Then she does Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson. That's height Gibson as well. You know what I mean? Like uh, stuff. Then she does Stepmom, where she gets really good. And then maybe I'm gonna my favorite romantic comedy of all time, Notting Hill in 1999. Oh, oh so no, so Notting Hill is in 99. Okay, okay. So maybe I'm I'm willing to hear this out and take a small step back because if that's in the 90s, that's still a pretty great decades yeah. run. But Bullock has given her a run for her money for sure. 100%. <clears throat> And maybe it's coming down a little bit more to choices. And now, but you know, I would still say not not in the '90s. I mean, I, and we don't have to like beat this dead, but we got speed. And while you were sleeping, the net, great. All of these are great. A time to kill, but again, like you said, Joey comes in, slays it, but not a huge part of that movie. Hope well, and, and to be fair, speed two, and then like I think she's got like forces of nature and shit. Well, she's and got stuff goes a little she's sideways. Got the, she's got the Prince of Egypt, she's got practical magic, she's got making sand. Well, that's a short hope. Practical magic, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. I told you she's in there too. She's in this mix, you guys. They all let put it this way: all three of them go through a run that's that nobody can touch, and then all three of them win Academy Awards for, for phenomenal performances all within a 10-year period. What what we're missing in all of this is which one of them then wins from, because we love the 90s so much, but from 2000 to 2010, who wins that chunk of time? That might be Sandra Bullock. Because well, of gra gravity and of gravity. Got, um, yeah, gravity, blind came side. gravity came after 2010. Gravity it did. He's right. 2013. He's right. Mm -hmm. The blind side ends it. She does the proposal with, uh, uh, you know, what maybe one of the best. That's got to be one of the best romantic comedies in 2009. The proposal. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best romantic comedies. The Lake I mean, House. Listen, I'm not it's taking a tough call. I'm struggling. It's I know it's 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 really tough. And I I just think it's an interesting conversation to have because I, I think we all hold Julia Roberts at a certain esteem that honestly is pretty earned. And when I say overrated, I don't mean that she's bad. What I'm saying is that maybe just maybe Sandra Bullock has given her a run for her money. Yeah, that has the best. Julia Roberts rated at a certain level that maybe isn't quite as high as it needs to be. And we're talking about this right here. And what's so funny about it is he might not have the quantity of the movies, but Keanu Reeves' career exceeds probably both of theirs, even though they have Academy Award nominations and all sorts of stuff, because he now has three franchises. That's and the part doing for. Speed was having John Wick 4 is coming out in like a week. He's still doing that's, it and making yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is like the Roberts and 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 Sandra and also Nicole don't have their hands. I mean, Sandra got the speed too, but it's not a franchise. Um, you know, Keanu is part of two of the biggest action franchises of all time. I mean, The Matrix was a revolutionary way to watch movies. It life changing. Everything changed my life when it, I saw it. It changed my life. It changed everything. It yeah. changed the way that movies were made. Um, and and then for John Wick, I mean, John Wick is one of the greatest action franchises of, of, of all time. He is incredible as John Wick. He's incredible. But the, but the two performances still, let me say this much. Anybody could, mm, I don't know if that's right. He's just still not that good of an actor. And I know we all know that. It's no surprise when he's it gets- a great, he's a, It's an avatar, right? I mean, he, he embodied, like think of the characters that, uh, the Matrix yeah. and think of John Wick's character, those ones specifically. I mean, those are like 
those are like specific like almost like silhouettes or like they're like vessels of what a, a composite of what these elements should be he's not they're not like real people does that right. make any sense it you does I mean? yeah. it does yeah. totally i will say he is objectively good in john wick in that first one especially he is he is good he's a good actor in that movie yeah i'd say i'm back <laughs> <laughs> we're working again john uh maybe <laughs> they're great i don't want to shit on them they're maybe just, they're one awesome. of the greatest uh uh what's the beginning of a film called inciting incident uh what's what i'm trying to think uh cold open? you know yeah the cold open. i mean just no uh, just to have that quick little thing of the wife dying and then the dog getting killed in such a short period of time i'm like i get it i get why he went and killed 733 people yeah. it makes sense to me this movie sucks. Can we turn this puppy around a little bit? Can we start killing some people, please? Let's start uh... murdering. Um, I, can we, to jump back to speed, I also want to make fun of something that we just made fun of right there, which is how many people died. Is there a movie that you can name where just by chance it wasn't the biggest mass murdering situation of all time? Did he know nobody was going to be on that first bus except for the man driving it? I don't know if Dennis Hopper knew that. Did they know at the end of the movie when they jumped off the bus that it was going to make a hard left turn into a 747 that was fully unoccupied? Who well, not that fully unoccupied. Not fully unoccupied. The dude runs out from the fucking door from the cabin at the end. Goes, but they put it in. They put it in to prove to us that no one died. Wait, but still. Wait, wait. We got we got Keanu Reeves going. My God, there's enough C4 on here to blow a fucking hole through the uh, through the earth. It runs into, as you say, a 747 that's got Huge. more gas than the fucking than than Saudi Arabia at the time. Yeah. Blows it to fucking smithereens, Amazing. and as this thing is roasting and we're making s'mores, some guy gets out of the cabin of the 747 and runs away, going shit. He doesn't get out of no. He gets out of the the, the he has the the tugboat thing is pulling it, uh -huh. whatever that little oh, car is. But oh. Dan, that car is. 16 feet away from the plane that just exploded so big that you could see it from big sir and somehow he just lives no no yeah i mean dead. uh the the internet has it as 13 people died in this movie is that uh, see think building, about that building security guard uh the bob the bus driver um helen played by beth grant um harry temple and several swat cops were nobody killed. talks about those poor uh, have I ever told you Reseda? guys that? Pas Pasadena? Where, where's Howard Payne living? Looks like a quiet little street in Pasadena. I think South Pass sounds right. South Pass. Uh, Altadine? Right. I don't They could get there in 15 Altadina? minutes. I'm not sure. La Cunada? He's somewhere there. <laughs> yeah, so 13 from Atlanta. Oh, uh, um, wait, wait, keep going. Yeah, Harry Temple SWAT team, the train operator, Richard Schiff, who says no lines, one of the most eloquent, yes. beautiful delivery of any sort of line or information and playing intelligence in movies and TV shows for years and years to come, gets zero lines in the movie speed, gets shot immediately, and then Howard Payne. You know, uh, I'm smarter than you, but I'm taller. Uh, loses <laughs> his I'm, head. Remember how long he looks at it? For how long Dennis Hopper sees his death coming? Like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just rolls off, just <laughs> perfectly just rolls right off of his body. There gives, it the, gives it the good top of train battle sequence. We've had a couple of good ones through the years oh, of movies. Great. Yeah, he gives a good you one. And, and one good of the one. first that I remember, I don't remember top of train battle sequences, although this Mission is... Impossible a couple years Mission later. Mission Impossible is the famous oh, okay, one a yeah. few years later. Though. Yeah. Wait, when was the first Mission Impossible? 92? 96. 
Mm-hmm. So this came out in 94 then. So uh, th- this was before. I just mean, this is one of the first. Um, uh, this was based off of our, uh, th- I know that it's diehard on a, tr- on a, on a, on a bus, but uh, Yo- Yost who wrote this, Graham Yost who wrote this, uh, based it off of an Akira Kurosawa film called Runaway Train. Um, oh. But he put it on a bus with a bomb. So this is a this is a reimagining of a Kurosawa an old old Kurosawa film called Runaway Train. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, but I forget what it is. Well, that's an interesting point because there's there's a funny note that I mean, and this is this is pretty much uh, vetted out to be fact is that they literally ran out of money shooting oh, this. Oh, right. Movie. Tell us they about ran, that. How did that they work? Ran, they literally completely ran out of money, and in some sort of I don't know how they shoehorned it in the end, but the end of the movie basically is when they get off the bus. Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves go flying into the whatever the cones or whatever, and they survive and they're off the bus. That's which the is end. ridiculous, ridiculous. They do they the screen test, and it te- it tests so well that they ended up they ended up finding more money somehow to shoot. Which honestly, like I understand that it rounds out the rest of the movie, but that last leg of the movie almost feels totally separate. Like it's a different mm-hmm. tone. It's it a different really, feeling like, the, the right. acting is different. Everything's like even more intense than it was before. Um, you get a good Keanu yell. Keanu is actually kind of really good at doing soft spoken and then yelling. I do enjoy that. But yeah, that whole train sequence, Dan is, is it seemed to be fairly conjured um, as a tack on or as a finishing move. And maybe that's where they kind of got it of like, well, let's just harken back to the original fundamental idea of a train and you know let's oh just my god the bus, the bus what if the that train is train. the case maybe you're right like is that it the movie could have easily ended you're right it would have been let's see there's probably another 25 minutes on the film it says runtime i'm working this out it says runtime is just under two hours mm-hmm. so then you end the movie at about an hour and a half which is normal for you know an action film maybe an hour 35 and instead they tack on another 20 minutes they give the same exact ending to both sequences yep. they're both lying down on top of each other yep. and they say the same dialogue they say the same thing Yes, oh, and, and with also um, so let's start getting to the categories. First category uh, that I want to bring up is 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 it the greatest line to end a movie ever for a twelve year old, or is it the cheesiest worst ending to a movie that you probably have ever heard? And if you guys don't remember so the end, oh, how I the remember. end of the movie is, please say it though. <laughs> let me just make sure that I get it right. Um, the sex thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves re- repeats a line again, again, another repeater, another uh, kind of a, a cyclical thing where he goes, you know, relationships that begin under intense circumstances never work, Sandra Bullock. Well, maybe we should base ours on sex then. And he goes, yes, ma'am. Movie ends. That's literally on a page of paper. That's like, you know, a halfway down the page and the rest of the page is nothing on it. And literally yep. the end of the movie. <laughs> There's a woman saying we're going to have to base a relationship on sex. And he just goes, yes, ma'am. Give me what I need. (laughs) Also harkens back to the yes, ma'am, to him uh, only calling her ma'am at the beginning. It really, it's layered, Joe. And I I think we should uh, take a step (laughs) back to find holes in this because really like we're talking, we're talking high level uh, writing here. And the and and every once in a while move that we all love 
does uh, does the movie abruptly end and show you the director's name and we go to a whole nother sequence uh, a la what they do in the Marvel movies or in the old 80s move, they keep it there. Camera just slowly pulls back. 900 people slowly descend. Yep. Music playing. Lightning. Speed on speed. Give me what I need. And you're walking out of the movie theater being like, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was really good. That shit was solid, right? Gene, great. don't forget your coat. Don't forget your coat, Gene. <laughs> Where do you guys want to eat? Do you want to go? Is that a KB toy store? I feel like I want to go in. <laughs> Where'd you park, Mark? Where'd you park? What level? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of any 80s or 90s mall place because that's what we did. We walked back into the mall. I mean, would it be crazy if we went and played Altered Beast right now? I kind of want to play Altered Beast. Should we go get our ears pierced at Hot Topic right now? Let's go. At Spencer's? Go Spencer's, yeah. Let's go get gifts at Spencer's. Let's go try and steal some stuff. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. You start trying to flex your forearms to get him like as ripped as Keanu's forearms in this movie. You're just trying to like show him off if possible. Um, so yeah, next category. Uh, let's do it. Side guys, guys. It's ready. Side guys side or guys. character, character, side guy. This has a lot of elements here. Usually I try and put you into a particular scene or a particular group, but there is a lot to choose from. So Dan, if you want to go first. Which character, you can make one up or you could play one of the characters in the movie. Which side guy would you want to get cast in for the movie Speed? I Listen, I, I want to be Hawthorne James, the, the original Sam, the bus driver, because of his hair. I want... Legendary. I want that hair. And I don't care, I don't care if I have to die early in the movie. I don't care if I have to drive a bus for a living. I want that hair. And I want to be friends with Sandy Bullock, too. I, You know, I want to, like... Not wanna, on my bus, Annie. Not want, on yeah, my don't, bus. Don't spit on my bus, Annie. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's, he's the Mercutio. And we're going to go... We've mentioned Hamlet... Or, oh, shoot, it's Romeo and Juliet. But he's the Mercutio of this film, right? Mercutio, is how you say Like, he's that character you love in the not first... Not how you act. say it, Jeff, but we'll let you... We'll say it's not how you say it at all. Mercutio. But, uh, he's the Mercutio. Mercutio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got the Christopher Lloyd hair. It's basically kind of what it is. Oh. Or it's a Christopher Lloyd yeah. meets like a Renfield kind of vibe. Yeah. I it's tough like to accomplish. It's tough to accomplish. Jeff, uh, favorite side guy, what character would you take on in this role? There's a lot. This is the Rich Shard Award right here. Um, <laughs> the Rich Shard. Is that what we can call it now? The Rich Shard Award? Yeah, yeah. That's what, this, this, that. that's what the category is called. Thanks, the Rich guys. Shard. Thanks, guys. <laughs> can you remind, because I don't remember, to the listener, which one did I create Rich Shard was, from and who that was, was it? The Twister, that was in the Twister pod. And Rich Shard... Uh, was obsessed with guns. He was obsessed yeah. with guns, and he, oh, he was adamant that his cachet of different guns could, could shoot at the tornado <laughs> and kill the tornado until the penultimate scene of when an F5 or F4 thing finally shows up. He shoots at it, and then the Twister fires his own bullets back at him, riddling him, <laughs> rendering him completely breathe. lifeless. The way, the way that you set that up, though, is you go, uh, my character's name is Rich Chard. <laughs> I know what you're thinking but it's actually Richard Chard. Richard Chard. <laughs> it hurts. The imagery of a bullet getting fired into an F5 and then spinning. That's exactly right. The Chard! <laughs> and you know what I mean? They have to drive away. They don't even, he gets a burial in the cornfield. You know what I mean? Oh, they got to leave him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it hurts so much. It makes me so happy. Um, 
Well, the Rich Shard Award for this movie, I am torn between my man, Alan Ruck. Our kids go to the same school, and he's married to one of my favorite actors on the planet, Mireille Enos, who I can never pronounce her name, from The Killing. Do you remember that TV show, The Killing? You're a big big fan. Big Big fan. fan. She looks just like my wife. I have a type. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Love Alan Ruck. But Joe Morton in the 90s. I mean, come on. Another great run. 90% of non-nerds like us would have no idea what his actual name is. But boy, did he make a run. The T2, he just, I love him as the captain. He's just solid. He's great. I saw him in the late 90s do art on Broadway. He was phenomenal in it. Yeah, he's a great actor. I'm giving it to Joe Moore. And nobody's better as Captain McMahone, which was definitely written for a white man. And then they cast him. Yeah, T2, Speed, Forever Young, and Speed 2, all in the span of about four years. Forever Young, underrated movie, in my underrated opinion. Underrated movie, um, yeah. But he, but he always plays characters at the top of their intelligence, and he always plays leaders. Yeah. Right? And that, what a cool, what an awesome, amazing career to have. Right. I'm going to put him up as the top, maybe the best death sequence of all time in T2, when he does the... Oh. I, when he's doing yeah. the breath, and then the yeah. click. Yeah, has best. there ever been a movie where someone's last breaths have been a countdown to something intense happening it's such a i mean it's a really cool action device yeah so i love him in this james cameron i don't know this james cameron he's 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 got Uh, something (laughs) i did want to throw out uh richard lineback um gets a great line read in this movie he's in speed he's the dad in varsity blues he's in twister he's in tin cup he's also in the ring um but he's he gets the great line where they're reading and he goes there's a gap in the road ahead. And he's like, a gap? What are you talking about? They said they finished it. It's here on the goddamn map. I guess they fell behind. <laughs> yeah. Loser in this movie. The LA, LA Civic Road and Civic Civism. And then he goes, LA, you're fired. Department, Department of Transportation. LA DOT, yeah. So they say that they, if we can talk about the fame jump, because it is supposed to be the most famous part of this movie, but watching it again now in 2023, it looked fairly fake. But from what I'm reading about, they did it for real. How they did, did that happen? Three, they did it three or four times. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't get it. So that's the part that, I, that's a great point that you're bringing up. And yeah, Dan, I'm curious, what did you read about it? Because yeah, I read that they definitely they definitely executed it. Um, I didn't read that it was officially from 50 feet. I thought they did it from like 35 or 40 feet. Yeah, I don't it's know. The, the, the angles though are weird, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. When you, when you see it, when you see it in the thing, it looks like, it's it launches up. and then all, yeah all of a sudden it goes like straight it looks like almost there's a crane like pulling it up because it goes like this and then straight up and and over yeah um yeah and honestly i feel like um from just watching it you know the other night as opposed to when i first saw it um he doesn't really make a meal out of it either you know typically you would think it'd be this huge slow-mo thing and maybe you'd even go inside the bus and see people it's really yeah. only kind of three or four seconds and it's one of the most memorable shot in the movie yeah, I mean, well, leading that was what the trailer like led up to was the so I think we were sort of conditioned to think that that was the big penultimate moment in the in the in the movie. Penultimate, Jeff, means like Please. the big thing. It's not the sequel to Pinocchio. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's penultimate. It's not his third cousin. <laughs> My favorite thing with Jeff is when he doesn't understand a word, he just sits there exactly, exactly the same as <laughs> like a frozen screen in a yeah, Zoom meeting. Completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, Jeffrey, look it up. Look it up in the old head. What does it mean? You, you're both right, man. It really did not have the the Pin- Pinocchio moment. It like it, it just, <laughs> but it didn't. You're right. Like I'm kind of bothered by that now. If if uh, yeah, if Cameron was directing this film, the music would have changed. Did the music change? Like that was the moment. That's the so there. So in the pentatonics moment, there actually is no, um, <laughs> there is no music. Uh, it, it's it's a hold. It's a hold in the pulse pounding action. Well, that's and... the whole point of pentatonics, though, is they do acapella stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh man, we're spinning a blanket out of this. <laughs> yeah, we are. Brought to you by Peloton. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've got kind of it bothered by it because because really. Let's break it down. It is a for sure death. Everybody should be dead. There's no question. It's not the real. The bus shouldn't have made it. The bus should have like, or like accurately, we should have seen the bus hit the road halfway off like a cow trying yeah. to jump over a, a thing and then falling to it. Exactly. The shock no way alone. It 50 the whole time. Oh. Like, Yeah, well, no, it, it pushes it to 70 and that's what gets it up over 100 feet or 50 foot jump. Come on, no. please. No. Um, but that one of the funniest reviews I read was a New York Times review that said this movie th- this movie could have saved us all an hour and a half by having Keanu just shoot the tires out before it got above fifty. Oh my God, that's such a good point. <laughs> Holy and shit! Jan apparently heard it and goes, or, "Sorry, no, not Jan. Graham Yost heard that and said, uh, "Oh, I didn't think of that, but had I, I just would have had." Um, Glenn Plummer's character hit Keanu Reeves, not knowing that he's a not knowing that he's a cop. And then I was like, so then you're gonna have Keanu Reeves hit by a car, and yeah. then have to have to get on a on the bus after that. Which is fine because they do that shit in movies all the time. This movie to me is more believable in some ways than any of the Fast and Furious movies, especially after Fast Four, where everybody should be oh, dead multiple times. 10, you know, so thousand percent. I mean, the the most like least believable thing in this movie is that Dennis Hopper's doing this for $3.7 million. <laughs> Basically what you sign, what you sign a backup running back for. Um, and I'm going to make every dollar <laughs> um, I, I, for this y- money. You made a huge uh, uh, statement, that controversial statement of calling Julie Roberts overrated uh, Dennis Hopper in this movie. I don't, I didn't really like him. <laughs> I didn't really uh, care. Really? You know, I'm sorry. I'm, you two love him. I, I didn't, I mean, he's, it's a it's a ham bone. It's a ham, ham bone, bone. Perform, performance. First of all, um, to his credit, though, before we get into the acting, he's got an amazing setup. All right. He's got the game on on one TV. Remember he's that. got the local news on on the other TV. Got to keep up with the news. He's got the camera feed in the other TV. Unlimited amount of Coca-Cola by the bottle. He's got <laughs> PB and J's. He's got a fucking weird mannequin just chilling out there for weird you know, moral support. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's but... what the cop. That's where he put his cop uniform was on the mannequin, was it not? Yeah, that's what it You're... was. And he was like, "I'm an Atlanta cop. I got a raw deal. I'm going to move to the Altadine. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to start building." Love that up. you got him an Altadine. <laughs> Out the dean, baby. Out the dean. Kids went to a great public school. I'm gonna pass a Dina on that one and head oh! to Glendale. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's ridiculous too, because of course no one else, not many people could pull off what he did. And he was great at it. I just didn't like like the bad guy just didn't you know what he didn't scare me. He didn't he didn't scare me like oh, blown away of fair. the same year. Tommy Lee Jones 
scares me when he plays bad guys. You or know even I mean? like I was gonna throw out there like John Lithgow and Cliffhanger. Is there but a John- bad guy? The John Lithgow in but Cliffhanger. See, like it's the same ham bone to me, but he actually scares me in Cliffhanger. Where yep. Dennis Hopper, yeah, doesn't really like scare me. He kind of comes across as a little frantic and oh, a little oh, little oh. desperate. Now you got me all excited. The whole preview of Cliffhanger is about him doing that famed jump over the like the 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 two, you know, the can the canyon. And then in the movie, it was not actually the most exciting part of the movie. Same with speed. Like everything about speed was built up to the jump over the freeway. Not as exciting. And to be fair, jump over the freeway, um, not my favorite action action scene. My favorite action scene is probably him going under the bus. Um him going under the the bus, trying to defuse the bomb, and then it's that, the best that, scene in the movie. That sequence, that sequence of where he gets on and the fucking cord goes, and he, and then he's got to stab the gas thing, which is just like, of course, perfect. we get to stab the gas tank. But we that's what I mean. Out. The structure of the movie was perfect. Like they just all those little things that led to each moment. You know, besides the fact of somebody making the call of the opening sequence being four minutes of an elevator going to literal hell, uh, is perfect. <laughs> How many floors? How many floors did we go? From the the 42nd. From the 42nd down. Thank you. We should go make a count. Because that was ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I mean, who do you think... Who comes out of this movie? And I know other podcasts have done this before, but this is an important one for this movie. Like, who comes out of the movie the biggest winner? Uh, you know, for their career, is it Keanu or is it Sandra? And this might be our our final one. I think, this is, I think this movie is is, is Sandra is the bigger winner from this movie. I, I think, think so too, because I think I Keanu think so needs too. the needs the Matrix to continue doing what he's doing. Where I think he walk out of this movie feeling like Sandra Bullock is is like the star. I agree. I think the Matrix is a, a dream resurrection to you know a career that would have gone a million different directions. Thank you, Will Smith, for turning it down. And uh, but no, Sandra Bullock. And I said it to Christy because every time we do these pods, my poor wife has to put up with me flipping out about these movies because I get so excited. And I was like, I just watched a star in the making. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Sandra Bullock. And I like lost my mind over her. <laughs> so she's she's the winner. She's got to be the winner. That and the poor criminal on the bus who probably did something bad, pulled the gun you know, and now he's going to totally be let off scot-free after shooting a human. You know what I mean? Like, I feel oh, like... Oh, God. Yeah, he's a huge winner. Like, huge. everyone's there, like, attending to each other at the emergency thing, and he's just, like, walking backwards, like, do 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 Like, how totally. many people were on the bus? <laughs> yep, yep. When they're getting off and they whatever, like, transfer they had to do because they're worrying about other stuff, that guy was just like, see ya. <laughs> Just right. nice down. to meet you guys. I'll remember you forever. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. I was going to say my my uh, my side guy, uh, fake character, was going to be a guy named uh, Kaminsky. And I was going to be the guy. I just wanted to be the – you watch the two dudes struggling with the wind behind Joe Morton when they're on the truck bed, just like in the glasses. And they're literally like – just like it's like holding on for dear life with their hair and they're just like kind of like making faces a little bit with the wind just like whipping in their face i kind of wanted to play that guy i do want to talk very quickly about one thing that really did sort of uh upset me with the beth grant uh character when she goes before she gets blown up the everybody on that platform knows that if they try and get other that's off. That's my bad. It's Kaminsky's bad. Kaminsky reaches out and he Kaminsky, goes, come yeah. on. 
Come on, get out of here. Did they know that if they try and bring anybody else off, that the dude's going to blow up the bus? And when Beth Grant tries to go, they're like, yeah, lady, come on. Thought about that all the time when they're like, let's go. Let's just forget everything that we know in this simple moment. Nobody said stay to her whatsoever. And after she dies, like Joe Morton goes up to Kaminsky and goes like, pull out that sheet of paper I gave you. And he pulls it out and there's rules on it. And rule number one is don't fuck with daddy. And he goes, ah, that's right. I should have... Yep. No one gets yep. off the bus. No one and gets you off get the in, bus. There, there's so much we could talk about. When you get an R-rated movie like this, you get to see Dennis Hopper fully get decapitated. Like, he fully gets his head ripped off. That's pretty phenomenal. You don't get that that much. PG-13, you don't get that. You just see the shkong, but no, R-rated, you get to see the head get removed. Yep. You know. Yeah, and, and and that's a great that's a great way to maybe, like, button it off is, you know, this movie is literally about a bus that cannot stop and all of the human interaction between it. And look, I, I enjoy a Marvel movie like anybody else. I've been trying to like watch man of steel recently, just to like be like, are we sure this is bad? You know what I mean? Like I love superhero movies. Um, I love CGI <laughs> movies. I love all that stuff, but this movie is really, I mean, it's based on a lot of different practical elements and based on a director who has a cinematography background of shooting action sequences. And I think the action is a little bit in the craft. And you're right, yeah. man. Like that, the, the the only big thing is, you know, the guy's head gets knocked off on the train in the very end. Like even Jeff Daniels, you know, in the SWAT uh, when they go into the house, um, you know what I mean. You don't really see the guys like get eviscerated. You see a dude get kind of flown out of a window or anything. But this movie isn't graphic by any stretch right. of the imagination, and there's not a lot of blood. There's really no blood. I mean, it there's... is interesting that we are not discussing Daniels at all. Go ahead. Oh, blood. Yeah, that's blood. He, he does, I mean, we start the movie off with, again, a screwdriver to the inside of the ear, mm -hmm. which then does create this guy and lots of blood all over all over him. But yeah, no, you're right, Joe. I mean, for the most part, you know, Keanu fucking sits on a metal grate and goes underneath a, a bus shaky and comes out with zero scratches on him. Just a little dirt. Yeah, selective brutality. I mean, yeah, with Jeff Daniels, man, he does a Dumb and Dumber plays another character named Harry a year later in a movie called Dumb and Dumber. Oh my God, that's right. He plays Harry a year later. I mean, again, talk about... We, we, the fact that we didn't talk about him is almost beautiful to his performance, that he's just such a great actor, that it was not too much. It wasn't... He's just Jeff Daniel. I mean, this is the same guy from Terms of Endearment, who's the same guy from Dumb and Dumber, the same guy from Newsroom. Like, he's... He's one of the greatest American actors that there are people out there that have no idea what his name is. Also, FYI, my first two names, Jeffrey Daniel Meacham, Jeff Daniels, you know. Just, I didn't know your middle name was Daniel. My middle name is Daniel. Yeah. Is that why we're such good friends? Is that why you liked me immediately? Yeah, of course, man. Daniel and Daniel. You didn't know that? <laughs> Give me that guy. Uh, we got to get out of here. This is the 1994 movie Speed uh, with my movie pod brothers, Daniel Sanders Joyce and Mr. <laughs> Jeff Meacham. Jeffrey Daniel. <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Daniel Sanders Joyce and Jeff Daniel Meacham. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on over there, especially this weekend with the tournament uh, coming up. Uh, Final Four National Championship is going to be running when this pod uh, gets released. So make sure you go over there to BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV. B -L -E -A -V. Thanks for tuning in. We got a couple more of these coming up over the summer so make sure you come on back to the movie pod series be well be safe please be good to each other remember when in doubt always bet on chicago thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.